Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. the Cop Table podcast where tonight we are previewing the Burnley versus Liverpool game this coming Wednesday evening on tonight's show with us we have Dave Roberts Dave is a contributor to the official Burnley Claddets player where he does a, a little bit of commentary away from home and is also a contributor to the No Nay Never podcast so welcome to the show Dave how are you? Hi there I'm well thank you yourself? Yeah, not too bad at all. Thanks, Dave. And also with us tonight is Jay Riley. Jay is a regular on the Radio City Fan Friday talk show and now a regular with us on the cop table. So, how are you, Jay? Yeah, you know, just buzzing, aren't we, from uh, the victory in the Merseyside derby and, you know, a little bit tender, you know, celebrating it. But it was a fantastic moment, wasn't it? So let's hope we can take that into the game on Wednesday at Turf tomorrow. Yeah, a few uh, bumps and bruises from your uh, crowd surfing in the cop yesterday, I can imagine, Jay. Most definitely. So, <laughs> yeah, so starting off with you then, Dave. Um, looking back to, from the start of the season, really, and um, basically Burnley haven't had the, the best of starts, which is a bit out of character for them in the bottom three with, with just the nine points this season. Do you think um, the early start in the, the Europa League had a little bit of an effect on um, Sean Dyche's side this season? Um, yeah, I don't think it helped. I think it was uh, always going to be difficult for us starting the season so early. You know, we were kicking off in uh, in July. You know, normally we'd be playing pre-season friendlies around about that time. Um, and we, you know, we only had three games in the end. We don't really have the depth of squad to cope with um, additional European matches and the travel as well. So I think that, that did have a, a detrimental impact on the early season form. Um, but that's been and gone now, so we can't really use that as an excuse. You know, we're well into the season. We're you know we're more than a third of the way through the season now, so we can't really use that as uh, as any sort of excuse uh, going forward. Yeah. So so what's changed from last season? Obviously, they finished it finished in the the top half of the table last year in in the Europa League places. And um, what's the difference this season? How come they've been struggling so much? Is it something to do with Sean Dyche? Chopping and changing the side, or is it just form? What's happening with Burnley, please, Dave? Um, it's not so much changed, I don't think. I mean, we, we haven't made one or two signings in the uh, summer, probably not as many as we would l- have liked to have done. Um, you know, most of the players out there are the players who finished seventh last season, so 
Um, it is a bit baffling from that perspective. But the, the one thing, really, the, the the main difference, I think, has been the uh, the defence. You know, we've conceded more than uh, double the goals we did last season. I mean, we're never going to score bucketfuls up front. We've not really got the uh, the firepower from the strikers to do that. Um, but kind of it kept us in it with the good defence last season. And we've not really been able to get to those levels uh, so far this season. So we'll be looking to uh, to turn that around and uh, try and get a good defensive performance on Wednesday against uh, Liverpool when they're in town. Spot on, cheers, Dave. OK, then. Over to yourself, Jay. We're going to review a little bit of the, the Merseyside derby yesterday. Obviously, crazy end to the game. Divock Origi comes on and crazy goalkeeping from um, Jordan Pickford and we take the three points. Crazy scenes at the end. But, Looking at the game as a whole, Jay, what, what was your thoughts on, on Liverpool's performance, please? I thought it was a very tight game, really. I was expecting Everton, a much improved Everton, really, to come and have a go at us. And, and that's exactly what happened. But I did think that Liverpool, it would have been right up our streets and we would have been able to pick them off on the counter-attack or you know on the break if they would have overcommitted at times. But it wasn't really the case, was it? I thought in the first half, it was very even. Um, I thought Everton done really well, and Liverpool just. I mean, we had a couple of openings, didn't we? Where Manny was basically he was clean through, and he hit it over the bar, and then Shakiri had the chance, didn't he? But it was on his wrong side, and he hit it straight at Pickford. And you know they were a couple of opportunities that we did have. I mean, Salah had another one as well, where it was a lovely ball over the top by Manny, and I, I don't really know what Salah done. I thought he had a terrible game, to be honest. And for me, you know, he had very poor games, didn't he? But I don't know what Salah was doing with that opportunity because he should nearly have just been trying to take the chance and it just seemed to get away from him. He just mis- misread the judge of the flight of the ball, really. But, I mean, Everton had really good chances in the first half, though, didn't he? I mean, that header that Gomez had, I mean, it, he should have done better with it, really. But point-blank range, I mean, Alisson's a big, big goalkeeper, isn't he? Big imposing figure and he just made himself big and it just bounced off his chest type of thing. But it was... Looked like it was trickling towards the goal line, and then Joe Gomez clears it off the line. But even then, after that, Sigurdsson was rushing in, wasn't he? And he could have put it in still, and they went into the side net. And so yeah. it was just crazy situation, really. And then Walcott had the chance as well, didn't he? Where he, he rounded Allison, it was good goalkeeping again, and ended up coming back off and ricocheted off him out for, for a goal kick. And, you know, they had other opportunities as well. I thought Richie Allison looked quite lively and dangerous at times. And the other, a bit of a shout for a penalty, didn't he? It looked like Van Dyke left the leg out, really, and made a bit of a meal of it with Charleston. But, you know, he, he can be given, can't he? As we see, I mean, he was an inexperienced referee, and I thought he did give Everton quite a lot of decisions, to tell you the truth. But they'd argue that that was a big decision that they could have got, that they never got given. So, you know, I thought the first half was really, really tight, really tough. And then in the second half, Liverpool were more dominant, I thought. Everton didn't really have that many chances, but you'd always had that feeling that they were they were going to be dangerous, they were going to be a threat if Liverpool overcommitted later on in the game. And I thought that Andre Gomez looked really good in the middle of the park. I believe he got man of the match, didn't he, on Sky? And probably quite rightly so, to tell you the truth, because he did certainly look a player um, when he was at Barcelona. He didn't really get... Uh, the opportunity, I think he was injured quite a lot. Uh, but before that, he was signed for about £45 million pound from Valencia. And I think he was very good at Valencia. He used to score quite a lot of goals for them. And, you know, a few of my blue mates have been raving about him. And I've only seen him a few times. And I thought he was OK, nothing special. But he certainly looked good there at Anfield against us. And, you know, he, he was by far their best player. And, like I say, Liverpool 
we're, we're on top in the second half and we had another chance really with Mane, didn't we, where he was through on goal, it was again on the wrong side though when he, he drank the ball wide and it just looked frustrating, didn't it? It was just going to, it was fizzling out to a goal of straw and, you know, the, the scenes at the end were just absolutely incredible. I mean, I haven't got a clue what Jordan Pickford's doing or what he was thinking. I mean, Van Dijk's shot was just, I mean, what was it? Do you know what I mean? It was horrendous. And then it, it looks like the balls he has to do is tip the ball over the bar and like see out the corner and it's game over, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It was like the 90, it got into the 96th minute. What was he doing? It's absolutely incredible. I have a massive howler and we're not complaining now, obviously, because, I mean, Oregon's, you know, he's been rushing there, right place, right time, and he's, he's ahead of their home, and we've just all, the scenes was just incredible. I mean, you know, when you score a last-minute winner against anybody, it's always a special feeling, but when you do it against your derby rivals, I mean, it's just that little added spice, isn't it? And it was just, the scenes were amazing, and at moments like that, you just want to save it, don't you? I mean, you know, you look at Liverpool have scored quite a lot of last-minute winners against Everton over over the years. I mean, Ronnie Rosenthal, I think, in about ninety-two or ninety-three. Um, Dirk Coit as well a few years ago. We had Manny Goodison as well not so long ago. So Liverpool have done it to them like quite a lot of times. And I put a tweet out there last night. I said if they didn't eat us before, they definitely eat us now because the only what what I will say is a lot of them have took it well in the sense that. They're just happy that they come to Anfield and they put on a brave, brave face and had a goal with us and they didn't really sit back as much as what they have done in the past. They didn't bottle it. Their mentality was a little bit different than ever before. And and yeah, I mean, I've heard the talk that they, they, they think they were the better side. They weren't the better side because Liverpool had better opportunities and Liverpool controlled large parts of the second half. But what I will say, I'll give them credit in the sense that they're a lot better side than what they were 12 months ago, that team that came to Anfield under Sam Allardyce. But not just that, a lot better side than they've had for, for a long, long time, probably in, well, since I, I was old enough to remember, really, because, you know, obviously I was only a kid when they had the success all them years ago in the 80s and what have you. So, you know, when, when you consider they have got a lot better players now, so you have to give them a little bit of credit there. But, you know, like I say, when, when you get three points and in the manner that you get them against the Derby rivals, it was a special feeling. Most definitely. And uh, just talking about the, the standout performers, obviously Alisson had a very good game. And he, like you say, made that point-blank save from, from Gomez. Thought Joe Gomez had another good game. Andy Robertson again, another one of his um, good performances. Also Fabinho in the midfield, probably had his best game in, in a Liverpool shirt, was breaking up the play. Thought Sadio Mane as well was, um, was good at times. But... For you, who would you give the, the Liverpool man of the match to, Jay? I probably would have given it to Fabinho. I really would. I thought it was um, he, he was probably our best player. He, he was breaking play up a lot. He was, loves the challenge, doesn't he, as we know. But I thought his passing was good as well. I do think it was a very good performance from him. And I've criticised him, haven't I, a little bit on these podcasts, saying he struggled to, to adapt. He's not really settled very well. And when he played a big game for us away at Arsenal at the Emirates, he was absolutely horrendous. He looked like a fish out of water, but that certainly wasn't the case there against Everton yesterday. I thought he was he was very good, to be honest, and he would have been my man of the match for Liverpool. And I think Mane was obviously the main threat, wasn't he, all day long? He was a bit infuriating at times, and he obviously missed two really good opportunities to score. But you know, I thought he was the, the biggest threat that Liverpool posed to Everton, or, or you know, all game really. And 
the fullbacks done all right. I thought Trent done quite well. I mean, again, he's another one that's had a little bit of an up and down season, but I thought Trent done quite well. Robertson's done well. You know, it's one of them, isn't it? Derby games, it's it's very difficult, isn't it? Because it's always like a helter skelter pace. But you know, it's it was a strange kind of game. And as I say, when you, if you look back and it would have ended nil nil. You would have said, well, it wasn't the worst game in the world because of the actual openings that were created in the game, if you get where I'm coming from. But, like I say, it, it did look like it was going to be a nil-niller. And what pops, you know, Warragie, who he's... No, it's one of them, isn't it? It was his first Premier League appearance for us, come off the bench. And sometimes you need that. Don't you just throw someone on and say, go on, lad, make yourself a hero. And that's exactly what happens. But for me, I'd have said Fabinho is probably our best player. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd agree with that myself. Yeah, I thought he had uh, an excellent game yesterday. Spot on, Jay. OK, then over to uh, yourself again then, Dave. There's um, talk that Sean Dice will bring the changes to the, the Burnley side on um, on Wednesday. How many uh, changes do you see him making from the, from the weekend against Palace? Um, you can never tell, really. I mean, it's I've, I've read some of the press reports today and uh, I think he was... It may have been coming through from the weekend because I'm not sure that they'll have had the uh, press conference for uh, for Wednesday yet. Um, but it, it, there was a suggestion from Sean Dyche himself that he'd attempt to make several changes to the team, talking about you know he's been maybe too loyal to some players. Um, but we're not the sort of team where you're going to make five or six changes. So I think in reality that might sort of translate to maybe two or three changes. Um, I mean, looking in terms of who possibly could come back in. Um, James Tarkovsky um, looks like he's fit again, I think, so he may well um, come back into the side. Um, not sure where else he'll, he'll look. I think perhaps it might be a case of uh, changing up front. Chris Wood hasn't really been firing this season, so it may well be that um, Sam Vokes gets the nod. I suspect it's going to be maybe um, a midfield five and then maybe um, Sam Vokes leading the line in front of a, a midfield five. Spot on, excellent, Dave. And um, summer signing goalkeeper Joe Hart. How's um, how's his start to his Burnley career been? Um, well, he's let a lot of goals in, but I'm not too sure that you can put many of them down to uh, down to him. He's, he's he's made some really good saves and you know kept the score down in a lot of games. I think there's there have been one or two suggestions out there um, that maybe you know Joe Hart's the problem, but. From from his performances, I don't think that's the uh, the case. I mean, we've got three you know world class goalkeepers at the club. We've had um, Nick Pope, who's been injured, uh, Tom Heaton, who's been coming back from injury and not been able to get back into the side, and obviously Joe Hart as well. So we can't keep um, three goalkeepers happy, but I don't think you can blame um, Joe Hart for Burnley's uh, start of the season. It just does seem to be um, you know that defensive unit not operating quite as well as it was able to last season. Spot on. Thanks, Dave. Okay, then, Jay, going to talk a little bit about the Burnley game now. Um, one or two injury problems by the looks of it. Mane and, and Robertson could be struggling for fitness ahead of this one. Mane with a, seems that he's had a, a knock, like a cut to his foot. I was reading in the, the echo before, and Robertson's got a, a slight dead leg. So, um, do you see Klopp making, apart from them too, many other changes to the side? Do you see Henderson coming back in? Also, Lovren was left out of the squad. Do you see, do you see him featuring? What, what would uh, be your predicted starting eleven, please, Jay? 
I think it's difficult to really say, isn't it? Because we've said it time and time again, haven't we? How can you really second guess Klopp now? Because he does make changes, doesn't he, from time to time? It's and Liverpool have got a bigger and better squad now and a, a bigger pool of players to choose from. And he, you know, he, he he does rely on quite a lot of them. You know, he, he doesn't. It's not like he thinks, oh, I can't trust him or what have you. He does trust his players. He trusts his squad. It's not just an eleven, is it? And that's it. So to me, it's it's very difficult to really to assess what he's going to do because maybe Lovren will come back into the side um, you know, as regards Henderson, possibly. I'm not sure, but I just think with Fabinho, because he, he put in a man-of-the-match performance, if you like, from a Liverpool point of view, I, I think it would be stupid, wouldn't it, if he didn't start the game you know, with Turf Moor on Wednesday night. It wouldn't make any sense. It's not like he's played much this season anyway, is it? But when you've got the games coming thick and fast as they are now, don't forget, when he just played on Sunday, we play again Wednesday and then we play Saturday morning against Bournemouth away. So we've got two tricky away games now coming up, haven't we? So we all know how, how difficult a place like Turf Moor can be at times. And certainly last season, I know they've struggled a little bit this season, but you're just waiting, aren't you, for them, the form to turn a little bit? Because if you look back to last season, didn't really tend to concede many goals. And they seem to have like a lot of like one nil victories and what have you. It was always close encounters, weren't they? And this season, it just seemed to have gone the other way for them. They haven't been as tight and they've just been punished for, for most of the mistakes that they've made and they've conceded quite a lot of goals on the back of it. So, you know, you're going into the game thinking because they haven't been in any sort of form this season at all, then you're hoping that Liverpool can, can put a couple past them, two or three. But I, I still think it'll be tricky because, you know, we have had just had a tough game there. They made sad derby and, you know, a little bit of rest in between. It's not much, is it? And then we've got to, I mean, I know the only saving grace is it's only, you know, what, 45 minutes to an hour away. It's not too far to travel, is it? It's not like we're going to London or anything like that. So that's not an issue. But I do think it'll be a tough encounter because, you know, they're no mugs, like, and certainly not at home. I think it'll be a tough game and I'm expecting it to be close. But like I say, it's one of them. It's hard to really say and judge you who you think's going to start. I mean, if Mane's got a cut and Robertson's got a got a, a niggle or whatever as well, yeah, you probably won't risk them. Do you know what I'm saying? Because he, he will trust the players to come in and, and in, in their place, if you like. But the worry I've got as a fan, because forget what Klopp thinks, I'm talking about my own personal point of view here now. I'm worried that it means if Robertson's not going to play, then is Moreno going to play? And we all know how dodgy Moreno can be. So oh, that is a slight bit. So yeah. That is a slight concern, really, if Robertson doesn't make it. But by all accounts, if Robertson isn't right, then it'll have to be Moreno because who else is he going to play there? You know, it's that's the only other option available that we've got, really, isn't it? So you're looking at it then, aren't you? Thinking, well, if Manny misses out, does that then mean Shakiri will keep his place and then we'll add another midfield player in? So Jordan Henderson may well come into the midfield or. Will Milner come into the midfield? Because you'd, you'd imagine this is right up his street, this type of game, because it, it could become a battle at times, you know, with the type of players that Burnley yeah. have got. So, someone like a James Milner probably will come into the starting 11 and start that game. So, you know, he never featured in the derby, did he? So, to, to me, that that's an indicator that he probably will start the game against Burnley on Wednesday night. So, like I say, there's a few different options, isn't he? And to, to me, the likes of Firmino, he certainly needs to find a little bit of form. So, you know, he struggled in the derby. I thought he, he was pretty anonymous most of the game, to be honest. And Salah, Salah struggled as well for me. So they need to find a bit of form, really. I mean, I don't want to be overcritical of Salah because, he's, as we've spoken about other times, he's still scored quite a lot of goals this season. I think he's got eight or nine this season. And 
seven of them in the Premier League and six of them have actually been the first goal in games. So, like I say, you can't criticise him too much. I just thought that he certainly had an off game against Everton, but, you know, it's one of them and he's going to make changes. There's no two ways about it. He, it's only natural that he will do because the games are coming thick and fast now. But as regards what I think the stand 11 will be, it's anyone's guess. You know, it's really difficult to say because, you know, he, he does like to rotate quite a bit and we're having three games in the space of, like, what, six, seven days. It's only natural that he will make changes. Yeah, and obviously, Divock Origi, his confidence is going to be through the roof now after coming on and, and scoring a winner in the Merseyside derby. Um, would you think it's enough for him to to earn a starting place you think Klopp will say right well yeah he's bouncing at the moment let's give him a, let's give him a go especially if Mane's not going to make the game I don't think so I mean I, I don't think he's very good is he let's be honest I mean go back like what 2016 he had his he was in a rich vein of form wasn't he for a couple of months and then he got that terrible injury in the derby game and he got thrown by Funes Mori and he's just never really recovered properly since then, has he? And he's never really had a run of games. He got loaned out to Wolfsburg and he's come back and he's just basically not really featured much this season at all, has he? I think he's played twice for us off the bench this season. And that was the first time he's played in the Premier League like this season. So, you know, bringing him on for like little cameo roles here and there because he has got a bit of pace about him. He's quite a powerful, strong lad, isn't he? So, runs the channels as well. So, yeah, you know, it's an option to bring off the bench, but in terms of starting the game, I'd have to say no, like, to be honest, because, I mean, don't forget, we've also got Sturridge there as well, haven't we, and Solanke, so I I, I wouldn't really be wanting to start him, because I, I think, if anything, if Mane's going to miss the game, Mane's like a wide forward anyway, isn't he? He's not like a centre forward, like the way, obviously, Firmino plays there, or, you know, you've got Salah, who's being played there in the 4-2-3-1 system, and you've got Sturridge, you've got Solanke, you've got Nottingham. They're, they're centre-forwards, not like wide-forwards. The way Mane predominantly is a wide-forward. So you would imagine, if anything, it might be Shaqiri that gets moved out onto you know, one of the wider areas in the wider role, really, wouldn't you? So I, I wouldn't be saying just because you scored that goal, it's going to change a great deal in terms of the trust issue of, of them starting games. Because you know it, it was a fantastic moment, and he's a hero now. He, he'd be, you know, he's going to... Live long in the memory, won't it? We'll always remember that winner by Divock Origi. But the facts are, as him as being a starting player for Liverpool, I, I just don't think that's going to be the case at all. He'll just be used more as an impact player off the bench. Brilliant. Thanks, Jay. OK, then, Dave. Um, talking about Burnley's approach to this game, tactically, how do you see Sean Dice playing this one? What sort of formation is he Is he going to come, come at Liverpool with? Do you think... Do you think he'll play a lot of men behind the ball and, and trying this on on the counter, or do you think he'll he'll try and come and have a little go at Liverpool and and, and play on the front foot? How, how do you see him playing this one, please, Dave? Um, I think we'll be reasonably cautious. I think we'll um, we'll probably try and pack the midfield. I think we can't afford to um, uh, let Liverpool uh, run away with it. I know that when Liverpool played um, 2016-17 season, um, Burnley conceded 80% of the possession to Liverpool, but still won 2-0. Two, two we, we got two first-half goals, and although Liverpool had all the possession... Yeah, I remember that one very well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they, they were just basically taking pot shots from, uh, from distance and weren't able to, to pay 
penetrate the defence. So if you know if, if, if Burnley can do that, even if they are conceding possession, um, you know, the the I think they'd, they'd settle for that if uh, if that's the way the game panned out. Um, I think Burnley have been um, as well as that victory. Burnley been unlucky once or twice. Um, Liverpool came uh, Boxing Day, I think it was back in uh, 2014-15 season. Uh, Burnley bossed the first half. Should have been a couple of goals up. Um, and then um, uh, Liverpool scored the uh, second half against a runner play, and uh, it was a bit undeserved, really. And then last season as well, um, Liverpool came and uh, you know got that late winner, didn't they? When again, you know, <laughs> did did they deserve that from that? It was one of those games where you know Burnley given everything, and uh, it was uh, difficult for us to take to concede that late goal. So. Liverpool haven't had the best of it at, at Burnley in uh, recent seasons, so you know we'll be hoping to to draw on that and see if we can get a positive result. Even though you know our, our form, particularly our home form, that that's that's been the bedrock. You know, even two seasons ago when um, Burnley uh, stayed up, we only won one away game all season. We were really strong at home and strong at home again last season. This season, the home form's um, gone out the window really. Yeah, like you say, Burnley's one of them places that um, your pampered Premier League stars don't like going to, do they? It's, it's an old-school stadium. I, I expect the, the changing rooms aren't the biggest and the crowd's close to the pitch. They make a lot of noise and it can it can upset some of these um, some of these sides coming to turf more, can't it? But yeah, we'll not mention Gigi uh, Traore. Oh, yeah, a famous uh, old goal from Jimmy. He was at the game, actually, yesterday. i seen it on Twitter, oh, Jimmy Traore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's hope he doesn't turn up there on Wednesday anyway. But um, what would be your starting eleven for, for Burnley, Dave? What If you was in, in Sean Dice's shoes, who, who would you be picking for this game? Um, well, I think you'll keep Joe Hart in goal. I'd, I'd, I'd keep Joe Hart in, in goal. Um Fullbacks have done reasonably well. I think maybe central defence is one where where the, there might be changes. Um, James Tarkovsky, um seems to be fit again, so he he he's going to come back in, I think, um, and possibly even Ben Gibson as well. He's um, struggles with injury since he started uh, since he came to the club in the summer. It may well be one game where um, where Ben Gibson might you know a new partnership in central defence. Might be something else to uh, to try, um, and then certainly I think uh, pack the midfield. I think we may be having um, Hendrick, Cork, and Westwood in central midfield. Um, Hendrick has played the sort of number ten role uh, behind, um, well, usually Sam Vokes or Chris Wood. It may well be we drop back and play five midfield and try and pack it a little bit. That might give us a better chance of um, you know keeping Liverpool at bay in terms of the attacking options uh, that they've got. Um, and then it's just you know one from three really in terms of who you play up front. It may, might be a case, uh, I think possibly for for Sam Vokes to do the job and leading the line on uh, on Wednesday night. Excellent. Cheers, Dave. Right. Okay, then, lads. Before we um, before I play the music to to end the show, I'm going to ask you for for a score prediction and um, and your reasons for that, which we do on the podcast each week. So. Burnley, the home side, Dave, um, give us your, your score prediction and your reasons for that, please. Um, I'm, I'm loath to predict a Burnley loss, even against uh, one of the strongest teams in the Premier League at the moment. And, uh, well, our, our uh, current poor form um, generally and also at home. Um, but I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. I think Liverpool haven't had the best of times coming to Turf Moor. And I think uh, 
the the night games under the lights, Burnley quite often raise the game. So I think that might be uh, a boost for us. And I'm going for a 1-1 draw for that reason. One all for you, Dave. Go on then, Jay. Uh, same one for you, please. Yeah, I do think it's going to be a tricky game. You know, it's a tough place to go. And being in mind, you know, we've just had the Mayside derby as well. So it's not ideal. And I think it's going to be, as you said before, a tight pitch and all that, you know, crowd close to you and make a bit of noise and all that and unsettle these pampered stars, as you put it. But um, yeah, it's, it's a tricky game. But again, we've just got to keep on winning, haven't we? And uh, yeah, we'll make a few changes. But I just think Burnley have really struggled this season. But I do think it'll be really, really tight, really close. I think they'll score, but I think we'll get two. So I'll go for the 2-1 Liverpool win. 2-1 victory for you, Jay. Yeah, my thoughts on the game. Um, obviously, Burnley, even though it's earlier in the season and, and they're in the bottom three at the moment, they're, they're going to be starting to fight against that relegation threat, if you like, from from now. It's it's coming up to Christmas time. Once you get into January, if you're still in, them, in that sort of situation, you're looking over your shoulder and you're thinking, are we going to to be dropping into the championship here so I think these, these do start to need to start to kick on sooner or later but I just think with um, with Liverpool's strength of the squad and, and the players they can bring in um, for this game the likes of, of Shaqiri will, will probably keep his place but um, I just think we could bring Naby Keita into the side you, you can bring England captain Jordan Henderson back in, into the team and there's there's lots of options for Jürgen Klopp and I, I just think that with having that, that strength in depth we'll just have a, a little bit too much for Burnley it, like we say on the podcast each week we've been saying it from from week one really sooner or later the Liverpool team is going to click and we're still waiting within what week 14 now week 15 and and we're still waiting for that to click I just think this could be the one where we're bouncing off a Merseyside derby it's time for us to to put put our foot down now and and make a push for it before Christmas and taking that onto the new year so with that in mind I'm going to go for um, a 3-1 Liverpool victory in this game Um, I think Salah will will get a couple and um, one of the midfielders hopefully will pop up with a goal maybe James Milner or or somebody like that. So, yeah, 3-1 prediction for yourself. Right, OK, then, lads, just before um, we go, I'm going to play uh, the music by the band that's been uh, in touch with us this week. They are a, a Liverpool band. They go by the name of uh, Soprona. And they are, yeah, based in Liverpool. And the song I'm going to play for you tonight is called In the Heat of the Moment by Soprona. Surprise, got me mixing up my words 
the guys getting in touch with us on, on Twitter this weekend. Um, another Liverpool band who's been in touch, seems to be getting more and more of them at the moment. So yeah, keep keep um, keep the tracks coming in. Anyone who's listening, um, more than happy to play uh, any local bands. So yeah, that's the Cop Table Burnley versus Liverpool podcast all done. Big thanks to, to Dave and Jay for your time. Appreciate it, lads. Welcome. Cheers, lads. Enjoy the game. Thank you very much and um, hopefully we will be back 
we'll see how things go later on this week with our, our preview for the, the Bournemouth game. So that's the cop table preview of the Liverpool Burnley game is coming Wednesday evening. Thanks everybody for listening. Remember to um, keep on uh, with the No More Knives campaign. Paul Bentley, Lee Butler, uh, after a charity boxing fight in the uh, Liverpool Olympia, 15th of December. Um, we're fully behind the, the No More Knives campaign now, so um, everybody go out there, get your tickets, support the guys. Um, you can get them on Skiddle and RadioCity.com. So thanks everybody for listening, and uh, that's the Cop Table podcast all done. Goodbye. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. When you get a ticket for not wearing your seatbelt, it comes from the police. And from your mother. And your best friend. And your family. We want you to buckle up every trip, every time. Three out of four people ejected from a vehicle in a crash will die. If you won't do it for yourself, do it for us. We like having you around. Click it or ticket. A message from the Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning.